What's up, yo? What's going on? Uh, man. Fee, you here? No, I don't see him yet. Oh, you'll join in. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm good, man. It's good to hear you, man. Good it's to good hear you. To oh, hear you. there he is. Gentlemen. Christopher, young man, how you doing today? Fantastic. How you gentlemen doing? Good, I'm good. good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the That's Just Crazy Talk podcast. I am your host, Jimmy B. And I got my um two partners in crime. Let me let me let them introduce themselves. Marcus. How the heck are you, Marcus? I'm great, man. It's good to be back. And coming live from Florida, we have uh Chris. How are you guys? How you guys doing? Good, good. I am glad to be back as well. Hey guys, let me ask you a question. Look, we Mm -hmm. we do have an agenda. We do have um uh a lineup that we previously discussed that we were gonna start. We were gonna start this podcast with the beautiful, talented, lovely Katanji Jackson. Mm. In her nomination for Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> but <laughs> something else happened. Something else happened on the road to that. I wonder what you could be talking about. What is the elephant that is sitting in the room? Um you know, and uh so- it was the slap felt round the world. <laughs> Will Smith, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, walked on stage and slapped comedian Chris Rock during the 94th Academy Awards in front of a live, mostly white audience during a live telecast watched by millions across the globe. It was so outrageous that many people initially thought it was a joke, part of the script. But then Smith returned to his seat and yelled to Rock, keep my wife's name out of your F mouth. <laughs> Those of us who saw it live were shocked. Uh-huh. Toxic masculinity can indeed abruptly show up in shocking, at times violent ways. As a scholar of men's studies, I teach that toxic masculinity is demonstrations of boyhood and manhood that are harmful to oneself and others. In many ways, it is a cocktail of the worst behaviors and attitudes a dude can have. It causes him to act without self-control and to perform macho stereotypes. In many instances, it is fueled by presumptions about how men are supposed to act. It is this last feature that was on full display at the Oscars. Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, starring in a sequel to the movie G.I. Jane. It was a joke about her appearance. There is a chance that most people interpreted the comment as just that, but I understood it differently. Over this past year, I have watched social media videos of Jada Pinkett Smith talking about struggling with and ultimately coming to terms with her hair loss. Her husband first laughed at the comedian's joke. Uh Jada Pinkett Smith, on the other hand, was visibly annoyed. It could be that in a split second, her husband recognized that she felt publicly humiliated by a joke about (coughs) something that has been so personally painful to her. Uh Here enters the toxic masculinity. Will Smith storms on stage and slaps the man who insulted his wife. Uh. I have a spouse whom I deeply love. Honestly, if someone did to him what Rock did to Smith's wife, especially about something I knew was an emotional pain point for him, I would have felt compelled to slap that person, too. Uh. I would not have actually done it, though. Uh. Undeniably, a better path would have been for Smith to walk on stage, say to Rock, you just hurt my wife and ask him to please apologize. The ideal first step would have been for Smith to ask his wife what she wanted, which maybe he did. <laughs> Toxic ma- Okay, I'm gonna stop there. That's coming from Yahoo News. Uh. So gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> there is now a report on CNN.com that the Oscars, they are reviewing this case because there's a possibility they want to take Will Smith's Oscar for Best Male Performance. 
They not gonna shoot that. For uh, the movie he did about Venus and Serena's uh, father, King Richard. King Richard, right. So, gentlemen, now that you heard the story, I was up last night because my daughter wanted me to watch uh, the performance about We Don't Talk About Bruno. Mm-hmm. So, I was forced. I'm not going to say I was forced to watch it. But I was... Don't do your daughter like that. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to say I was forced. <laughs> I enjoyed time yes. with my baby. Watch. I mean, I did get a little annoyed when um, they had old girl rap apart, and I asked my daughter, "That's not in the movie." Is she? Not at all. No. Yeah, that was that was not needed. What was that chick name? Uh, Cardi B. No, I'm with Cardi B. It was the other one. It was uh. Oh, you talking about um? Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I'm I, glad I, I knew that. That's not in the song. She said, "No, it's not, Daddy." So. I was kind of annoyed. And then in the performance, Megan Thee Stallion's ass is standing right in the middle of all these Spanish people. Your ass is not Spanish. But it was a good performance. And then I sit there and kept watching. And Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Now, which was quoted by Chris Rock. <laughs> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Now, come on, man. If if you just made a joke about somebody's wife and you see this woman's husband coming towards you, what are you gonna think? Dude's gonna shake my hand? No, he might want to do some fist cups. Yeah, um, Christopher, I, I I go to you first. Oh yeah. What did you think? I, so first of all, I did not see it live. I skipped the Oscars. I was doing something else, and I woke up this morning and my feed was jumping all over the place about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and I was like, "What?" So I saw the video. I saw like five different videos. It's Will Smith. The chances that you're thinking he's going to come up and slap him and be serious about it. I'm sure going through Chris Rock's mind is anything but that. Thank because it looked like to me, it's not like he charged on stage and was saying anything. Will was very nonchalant he about it. He calmly walked up. He walked up like yeah. a G. Yeah. So I expected that, you know, if I had seen that live, my mind would have said, Will would have probably went up and been, you know, and said something geniusly comedic. Embarrassed Chris Rock and went and sat down. I did not expect him to slap the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. I just, I didn't. I thought it worse. He was just going to yell at him face to face. Yeah, because I yeah. was watching it live. But from what I saw on the tape, I agree with what I've heard from other people. Will laughed at first, and it may have been mm-hmm. just laughed this off. But then he must have checked Jada, and she was like, "I'm not happy." Mm-hmm. And, and that's when he was like, oh, you're not happy? Or oh, I'm about to go handle this. Mm. Because I have the feeling if Jada would have been like, just don't worry about it, ignore him, they would have moved on with their lives because, you know, people have been joking about them for the last two years. And, yes. you know, <laughs> he moves on about it and, you know, water on, off a duck's back. But I got a feeling she's been bothered about it recently. Maybe she feels some kind of way that she... Even though I follow her on Instagram, even though she's been saying, you know, I'm I'm facing this head on, me and alopecia are going to be friends and all that, uh-huh. it may bother her, and he knows that, and Chris Rock touched one nerve that he couldn't touch, and Jada said, no, I feel some kind of way. But honestly, you are in Will Smith's position. I I don't think you do something like that on national TV. Mm-mm. You you say, and you know, hey, he's he's a man, he's in the moment, whatever. But to me, you Will Smith, you hold yourself to a higher regard. I know you still from West Philly and all of that, but you got kids, you got kids that look up to you, you got the whole nine, you got adults that look up to you. Mm-hmm. To me, you go up and say, if you know, in your anger. Dude, that's uncalled for. 
I, I demand that you apologize to my wife here in front of this audience. Thank you for the apology. And then in the back, you know, you take it up with a man to man and say, look, you ever say anything like that about my wife again, I'll slap the taste out your mouth. And if Chris Rock don't respond accordingly, then you slap the taste out his mouth. I don't know. I condone him doing that on TV. My, my two cents. You don't condone him doing that on TV? Yeah, I, I don't condone him doing that on TV. You can do that behind the stage. We can handle it like men, but doing that on TV in his position, it's not a good look for, for us. Okay, Marcus, what's up? Oh, man. um, I was watching uh, live. I just came because I was curious to see Best Picture, and I came earlier than I thought because the show drags on for too long. And um, I saw it. And at first, I thought it was an act until I saw the crowd's reaction. And then I saw, you know, Will yelling and then how Chris Rock reacted. And then at that moment, I lost respect for Will Smith for his reaction because one, that was completely out of hand. And two, I went down. So your wife got you on a string like that. And three, I was like, damn, did you did you slap artists? Um, I'm like, you bring all that energy to somebody that professionally tells jokes, but you don't bring that to somebody that's fucking your wife. Exactly. <laughs> so, you, I don't want to see that vibe. I don't want to see that part of you. She embarrassed you in front of national, maybe international TV when you're on that, what's that, red pill or red table? Red carpet. Thank you. Red, red table, red table. Red, red, red table, thank red, you. Red. When she up here talking about an entanglement, you up here crying, talking about you don't know what we went wrong. And all of a sudden, now you that guy, you going around slapping people. And you ain't been that dude from West Philly for a long time. You spent most of your life in Hollywood since you were a teenager. And you go put your hands on this man that cracked a joke who I don't think was being malicious. He saw her bald head in green, army green, and he put G.I. James 2 in there. You could have laughed it off like you were doing if your wife reacted to the way that we all think she did and put that bug in his ear, he could have been like, yo, I'll holler at him later. I'm going to talk to him instead of that. That's way too far. And, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. That, um, that bothered me because I would think of all people, as he just said, in Will Smith's position, what he's been through in the past two years, and on top of that, I thought, you know, he was a lighthearted, funny, laughing kind of guy. Now, of course, I mean, stuff could have been piling on him. But dang, man, shoot a shot back. You know, guys, I I, I, I suspected something deeper. Uh, mm. Two weeks ago in um, Britain, England, mm-hmm. there was a comedian. I forgot. She used to be fat and now she's skinny. I can't remember. It's not Rumor Wilson. It'll come to me later. But Melissa she, McCarthy? Nah, nah, nah. It won't hurt. But she joked about Will Smith and Jada. And her joke was uh, some to the fact that um, Will should have been mad about her screwing somebody. That was the joke. The joke uh-huh. linked to that, and apparently he didn't like that, but uh-huh. he didn't go on stage and slap her. <laughs> oh, he and, was there. Yeah, him oh. and Jay was there. And oh. then you got to remember about two years ago when um, Will and Jada protested the, the Grammy so, so white. Chris Rock <laughs> basically yeah. said, you know, Jada coming to the Grammys is like me and Rihanna. going to a party in Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I'm not invited. Yeah. So, I think it was built up. I think it was, you know... Oh, I don't doubt it was built up, weeks but ago, you can't react I got clowned way. by this fat white girl. You know, two years ago, this Negro clowned me. You know, now my wife is upset. My wife that just fuck this younger dude. I mean, the whole world knows about the it. Whole the whole knows world it. knows about it. Everybody think I'm a punk it. ass. Everybody <laughs> think I'm a punk. 
I cannot let this go. I can't let the world think that I'm a punk again. Because she took her husband to the red table and basically said, yeah, I fucked this younger nigga. But that was his doing. Yeah. Right. That's not Chris Rock's fault. You play legend for doing what he does best. Because your wife has embarrassed you at the highest level. And yet, you still with her. So True. you're the fool. You the biggest joke out here. And you can't take one. Right. So yeah. no, no sympathy for me. From me, for him. And then I was upset. And I mean, everybody got a right to their own opinion, even if it's wrong. And Tiffany Addis was like, that was such a great thing for a black man to do. And I'm like, that's what you want. That's what's hot. Hey, dog. On my that's Facebook page, this girl that I went to high school with, mm-hmm. she said, it, this shit kind of turned me on a little bit. I was like, what? What? She said, yeah, she said, a, a, a black man protecting her protecting his woman like that kind of turned her on. I was like, your ass is crazy. That That's was, what you you talk about being protected if you're walking down crime alley like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> this ain't a <laughs> comedian on stage telling jokes and you going up smacking the shit out of him. That's no, no. What, what is wrong with y'all? How was he protecting her? Protecting her from words? Come on now. Well, Come I on. guess when he looked over after he laughed and saw his wife was feeling some kind of way. And? But, you know, your yeah. mind should have shifted. it. Bitch, you just fucked another nigga two years ago. That's what I'm like. So this well, is the line. Well, my thing is, okay, then you go see him. You talk but to not, him. Not there. Yeah. Not there. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. It's a bigger picture. And Will Smith is supposed to know that. I follow him on Instagram, too. He's supposed to know that. Nothing about what he did was right. And even further, everything that he's teaching about, you know, life and being lighthearted and loving and all of that just went out the window because he just became a fraud. Yeah, yeah. he did. He so what do y'all think about the Oscars want to take away his, his Oscar, his award? Nah, I mean, that's two separate things saying you can't Don't come back. That, yeah, the performance is the same. Yeah. He just found out who he is. Saying you can't come back, you know, uh, for a couple of years, you know, we just gonna, we gonna just, you know, just do the best thing we can yeah. and maintain our credibility and say that, you know, we're gonna uninvite you for the next couple of these bad boys because, you know, you acted a little bit of an ass. Yeah. So, and, and he knows that and expects that. I, I hope the Academy will have me back. Yeah. No. <laughs> because we no. know. He knows they have to do something, yeah, you know, and for him to get up there and cry, yeah, and all so, of that. You know, I guess art is imitating life. You know, I guess I am Richard Williams. No, 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 no. This ain't the same thing, dog. This ain't no. the same thing. It ain't like Chris Rock said, Jada Pinkett, you the worst actress ever. I don't know why you sitting at the Oscars. You need to have your ass at home. Then maybe I'm going to go up there and slap the hell out. But not what he did. No, no. no. It's, no. And, it, and it's me. You know, I've, I've obviously read a whole lot of articles and stuff since then and opinions and, you know, some of the things I've read is they they used to have a tight relationship. The three of them have done things together. Now they really don't. When people go back and try to examine it, they've appeared at different functions and always seem chummy. And, you know, now people are, you know, going back and trying to find something. No. But they're like, you know, we, we haven't seen that lately. So maybe... There is something there, like you guys said about the, what happened a couple of years ago. Chris Rock said, "Oh yeah, maybe, maybe that's been on Will's mind." And he was like, "Chris Rock said anything else? I'm gonna have to see him." You've been holding on to that for two years, hey. But you know, for him to you know walk away like I did something big. That was the look he on his face. Walked off after he slapped him like he just took down a dragon. Right? Yeah, I did something big. You know, and you know the. The, the thing that I, I told my wife I loved the most out of this was he got up on stage and said, you know, Denzel pulled me aside and said, be careful when you're at your highest point. The devil, yeah, the devil will come for you. And, you know, this man just imparted wisdom on you. That's a moment for you to apologize to that man. You misused that quote. Right. Exactly. You The moment came. 
you reacted poorly and yet even though you know damn well you were in the wrong you still didn't apologize to chris rock you apologize to the academy get the hell out of here man but you know what chris rock maybe it was a uh a, a joke that was in poor taste it was really a dry joke i mean he didn't um i don't know if he knew anything about her condition but I honestly don't think Chris Rock was malicious. Exactly and I kind of feel bad for Will Smith because I think this is all Jada's fault. No, she geeked him up. I guarantee she, she geeked, geeked him, him up. up. Because even if he was laughing awkwardly, he was still laughing to get past the joke. Right. She was rolling her eyes and you could see her mouth something. I don't know if she said something to Will when the camera right. went off. She probably said, you really going to let this nigga get away with this shit? Really? And then at that point, he should have been man enough to be like, you know what, yo, I'll talk to him later or just chill. I'll get at him, you know. Just We don't need to escalate this any further. It's just a joke. All right. Chris, one more one more statement before we go to the next one. This is an important one. What, what you got to say, bro? I mean, I have respected. I, well, I'll say this. Chris Rock handled it like, a, you know, like I would not have handled it. People don't give him enough credit for how he handles it. Yeah, he handled it like, um, you know, um, I understand. Yeah, a professional. I understand where I am. He tried to make a joke of it. You could tell he was flustered. He was like, you have got to be shitting me. But, you know, being who he is, he said, you know, this is one of the best moments in TV history ever. (laughs) And, you know, I'm a professional. Let's keep it pushing. You know, but I'm sure he was like, Motherfucker. You I'm going to beat his ass. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and people, you know, I've you know, I've heard, you know, everybody was joking. Well, Will Smith took Rock and Chris Rock don't want to see him and all that. I was like, dude, Chris Rock, you act like Chris Rock won't get a chair and bust him over the damn head with it. I Y'all mean, forget know. where Chris Rock come from. Right. He's in <laughs> New York. Will Philly, Chris Rock, New York. I mean. Yeah. Come on now. I don't know. I, that's my last word. I respect Chris Rock for... He even tried to say when when he saw that it bombed and it didn't go over well, he's like, it was just a joke. It was just a joke. He said that, yeah. yeah it was just a joke. Okay. And when Will came up, you know. He was like, he oh, been, here comes Curry and Richard. Right. He could have been like, Will, just sit your ass down. Ain't but he nobody was still do. joking. He was playing. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's my, you know, I appreciate how Chris Rock handled it. I've read the little reports in the afters and all that, that, you know, that Diddy was trying to get them together and saying, we got to watch this. And I'm like, you, you'll fight any damn body, but, you know, bring me Dr. Dre and all that shit. But, um, you know. I was like, Diddy the peacekeeper now? Yeah, I thought that was funny, but, you know, maybe he's like, hey, we, we grown men, we shouldn't be doing this on TV. So, you know, I respect yeah. him and that's what he was trying to do, but wow. All I can yeah. say is, wow, I, I didn't expect something like that. So. Okay, gentlemen, we're mm-hmm. going to go into something important now because All right. that shit wasn't important. That shit was, <laughs> that shit was funny. It was, it was funny. Yeah. It's, it's what it was. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kataji Jackson Brown. Mm. Or oh, am I saying that right? Is it Brown Jackson? Brown yes, Jackson. Brown Jackson. Brown Jackson. Look, guys, um, I want to play an excerpt from Cory Booker's. Will, we've talked about this. Yep. Cory Booker, he made a statement on um, during the hearing yes. that just is just, I'm going to play half of it. This thing going to make you cry. Right? Is that the one where he made everybody cry? Yeah, yeah hold on. Here you go. Okay, all right. High school, when you started distinguishing yourself, and you know what you said when they told you you couldn't go to Harvard? Watch me. I went to law school. I didn't serve on the law review you did. I didn't clerk at every level of the federal court. You could clerk for a Supreme Court justice, one widely respected on both sides, which really shaped you. You left there and, and, and you went to private practice. And you know what you found? This is what you told me. That you had those tough choices that working moms have to make, the demands of a private law firm. Raising your kids, it, it just didn't add up. You went before the Senate 
three times in a bipartisan manner. God bless America. We don't do that much stuff bipartisan around here. You have to become a public defender because you wanted to understand all aspects of the law. Who does that? We live in a society that's very materialistic sometimes, very, very consumeristic. You went into, do people become public defenders for the money? No. Your family and you speak to service, service, service. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting anybody in the Senate steal my joy. I told you this at the beginning. I, I have, I, I'm embarrassed. It happened earlier today. I just look at you and I, I start getting full of emotion. I'm jogging this morning and I'm at the end of the block I live on. And I get terrible because I put my music on loud when I'm jogging, trying to block out the noise of the, of the heart attack I'm having. <laughs> and this woman comes up on me, Matt practically tackles me, an African-American woman. And the look on her eyes, she just wanted to touch me because I think because I'm sitting so close to you uh. and tell me what it meant to her to watch you sitting where you're sitting. Uh. And you did not get there because of some left-wing agenda? You didn't get here because of some dark money groups? You got here how every black woman in America who's gotten anywhere has done by being <laughs> like Ginger Rogers said, I did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards in heels. And so I, I'm just sitting here saying nobody's stealing my joy. Nobody's going to make me angry, especially not people that are called in a conservative magazine demagogic for what they're bringing up that just doesn't hold water. I'm not going to let my joy be stolen because I know you and I, we appreciate something that we get that a lot of my colleagues don't. I know Tim Scott does. When I first came to this place, I was the fourth black person ever popularly elected to the United States Senate. And I still remember a lot of mixed people, white folks, black folks work here. But at night, when people are in line to come in to clean this place, the, the, the percentage of minorities shift a lot. And so I'm walking here, first week I'm here, and somebody who's been here for decades doing the urgent work of the Senate, but it's the unglamorous work that goes on no matter who's in offices, the guy comes up to me, all he wants to say, I can tell is, I'm so happy you're here. But he comes up, he can't get the words out. And this man, my elder, starts crying. Mm. And I, I just hugged him. And he just kept telling me, it is so good to see you here. It's so good to see you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Damn. I, I, I love my brother, Tim Scott. We could write a dissertation on our disagreements. He gave the best speech on race. I wish I could have given a speech, good of a speech but talking to the challenges and indignities that are still faced. And you're here. I was in the White House with my Democratic colleagues and I'm, again, I'm in my joy. I can't help it. <laughs> and, and, and the president's asking her advice, who should we nominate or whatever. And I look at Kamala and we have a knowing glance, which we've had for years, which you know, I used to sit on this end of this committee at times. And then I try to get out to the president what it means what it means. And I want to tell you when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're a person that is so much more than your race and gender. You're a Christian, you're a mom, you're, you're, you're an intellect, you love books. But for me, I'm sorry. I, I, it's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom. Talk that shit. Not to oh. see my... My cousins, one of them, who had to come here and sit behind you. Oh she had God. to be, she had to have your back. I see my ancestors and yours. Nobody's going to steal the joy of that woman in the street or the calls that I'm getting or the texts. Nobody's going to steal that joy. Preach that. You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. Whew. Your hero is Constance Baker Motley. Mine, she has sat on my desk. Oh, guys, I'm gonna Ooh. stop it right there because I, I might play a little bit later on. But 
we all three have black mothers. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I feel that there's a war against black women. The best way to destroy the black man is hurt the black woman. Who you think holds us up? So, I'm gonna turn this over to you two. First, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna will, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give this to you. Tell me, what's your thoughts on this young lady and her not? And tell me, what do you think about the Republicans? Look, it's politics. I get it. I understand it. You have to appease to your constituency so you can get reelected. I get it. It's a mm. dirty job. It's a dirty, filthy job, but if you want to stay in politics, you got to play the game. But, but what extent does the game go beyond just political and seems a little racial? Where's that line? Go. Where do we um differentiate? I mean, I haven't watched the most Supreme Court hearings, but I mean, we we've seen them put people through the ringer, but this just seemed a bit more intense, as if they wanted to raise the bar to unreasonable heights, just so she couldn't meet it. And they were applying a ga- glass ceiling that she's already broken through, and just put another one above her. And it gets exhausting because I mean. You're right. They'll go through the black women to destroy black men to destroy the black community because you can't have Obama, Barack without Michelle. You can't have Jay without B. I mean, there's a lot of power that's held up within it. And anyone that's been in a black household knows how much our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, our sisters are done. And I think they realize it. They don't know it to the extent we do because we live it. We breathe it. It's our lives, but they see the value. And I think that, remember we talked before on a podcast prior, that scares them. They don't want to see that power rise up. They don't want it there, and they they can make it a political agenda. But your line of question seem to be political. It just seems like it's asinine, and when she makes you look like clowns, y'all get offended because this lady is a true intellect. She has overcome. She's done all of this while raising a child. She's done so much in so little time. And hell, I'm proud of it. I didn't think it would happen. And I thought they would do everything to stop it. And it's a, and I'm never going to apologize because of the history of our country. When we get excited for somebody, whether it's Obama becoming president or anyone that does something black for the first time, male or female, I'm always excited. I'm always rooting for us because we know flipping through the old history books has just been white people. And then for some reason, we're supposed to feel some shame when we support somebody that has our skin color because we want to be represented for the first time because it happens so rarely. It's so few and far between. I mean, of course, times are way better than slavery or civil rights, but damn, we still don't see equality straight across the board all the time. And that 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 just doesn't feel good. But I don't want to talk up all the space. Uh, you can go ahead, man. Christopher? Well, um, so I'm going to work my timeline backwards. As I understand it, the confirmation was supposed to be today. Mm-hmm. And the Republican contingent of the committee said that they need another week because mm. her nomination is not complete. Mm. They don't have all the information. Proves the point. And I'm like, you need a week? A Dude, week, not a day. A week. I'm like, you had the allotted amount of time that everyone else had and was given to be grilled, drug over the coals and everything else. She went through that. She answered every question. She broke your heart with the answers to those questions because, mm. like you said, she answered those with quotes from the law, mm. understanding how the law, how our legal system works, mm. understanding that I must, I don't, I'm just not going to give someone the highest sentence available 
just because of my thoughts on the crime, I go by the evidence. Mm. I rule based on the evidence and what was presented in front of me, not how I feel about it. You just want to bring up child pornography after Kavanaugh was pushed through with the fastest amount of push that one could have. Thank when, you. When there were women saying, just take your time and look at this man because I was assaulted by this man. Mm. He had the nerve to get angry with the committee and condemn them when they questioned him. How dare you question me? This is mine. I deserve it. I have it. How dare you question me? When they came at her with the same type of spewing vengeance and fervor, she said calmly, you have any more questions? Mm. I, have, I have answers for all of them because I came ready. I was built for this. I've been through this. Mm. No matter what you throw at me, I'm ready. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to smile through all of it because, you know, all of you can't touch me because I got that black girl match. Oh, my God. Mm. So it is just it was beautiful to watch. I have to tell you, I was in Washington, D.C., standing in that cold ass morning (laughs) when Obama was sworn in. And I stood in the crowd when people were crying. Mm. People were hugging each other, people they never met in their lives, hugging each other, saying, "I one, I never thought I'd live to see this. Two, this is a promise that I heard that I didn't believe could ever come to fruition that has now been realized, that we have the chance. It wasn't a fair chance. Obama was never given a fair chance. Uh-uh. But all we asked for was, like you said, Marcus, the equality. We just wanted the chance. I don't need help. I just want the chance. That's it. So she took her chance. She earned her spot. She didn't say it's mine. She made you understand that it's hers. She didn't have to tell you. She showed you. So they can do whatever they want, but they better they better find some colossal reason that doesn't exist to not confirm this one. Mm. To to not confirm her and say that it has nothing to do with because she was black is because she didn't sentence child pornographers to the highest possible sentence when your own president that you voted for said I like to grab women in their private parts because that's what I do. (laughs) But yet, you elect him to the highest office in the land. Mm. You know, you're not a hypocrite. You're an asshole. Mitch McConnell, you're an asshole. (laughs) That's what he is, for real. Yeah, I'll tell you to your face. I'll tell anybody that likes him to his face and to their face, you're an asshole. Absolutely. I, I would love to go up to Lindsey Graham and just tell him, sir, I think you are one of the biggest assholes in Congress. Because you know this ass accused her of being a terrorist, accused her of being something else, and then walked out like he was pissed off. At a confirmation hearing, he walks out. Why? That's the frustration you, of not being able to break a strong black woman. Exactly. Did you walk any out of any of those white men confirmation? Absolutely not. Did you walk out of any of those white women confirmations? Absolutely no, not. No, you fucking dick. You didn't walk out. You sit there. But you thought, I have to put on a theatrical show for my constituents. I can't let them know that I like this black girl. Y'all realize when she had an appointment on the federal bench, 90% of those Republicans voted for? Yes. That's how big she is. You can't deny her greatness. They saw nothing wrong with her for the federal bench, but now that she's going for the highest court in the land, my constituents that are 
racist pieces of shit might say something. So I have to make it look like I don't like this girl. So I'm going to storm out like the little bitch I am. Now, this is the appropriate use of the Denzel Washington quote. This is the moment. Right. This is the moment. Yes. Agreed. And and please don't forget Ted Cruz, dude. Oh, God. (laughs) You you voted and endorsed a man who told you that your wife ugly. (laughs) Maybe you need to holler at Will Smith, number one. (laughs) Told you that your daddy was a traitor. (laughs) Called you a punk to your face. You voted for him. But yet, here's this queen in front of you who has done what she needed to do and exceeded what needed to be done, has done it, and you're going to bring out some children's book? Yeah, I mean, come on. To just be unnecessarily condescending? Come on. You're going to bring out some I'm pretty sure Ted Cruz didn't look at the Oscars last night, but when he was looking at the videos and the, the, I don't know, on YouTube, you know how, how you say when somebody saying something that you like, when he saw him slap that when he saw uh, Will Smith slap uh, The Rock, Rock yep. he said, that nigga spit. Because <laughs> that's the shit he wanted to do to George Bush. He probably, and, looked, he probably looked at his wife and she slapped him. <laughs> do you like see what he just did? <laughs> but I am so... I, look, they can do all the the stuff they want to do to try to drag this out, but this woman will be the next black, next Supreme Court justice, and, and the first be, black woman. And she's to be the first black woman. And you know, if anybody listening to our podcast and you don't agree or you got a problem with it, and fuck you. <laughs> I don't think you should be uh, listening to it, man. <laughs> We not your, we not the target you want. Man, we, we, we not your cup of tea. We ain't yeah. everybody's cup of tea. You know so we are gonna go that. from cool one that. extreme to the other. We gonna go to Justice Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Let's go. Wife, Gigi. Her name is Virginia, but they call her Gigi. Mm. Let me tell y'all what this chick did. She was texting. Um, I forgot the guy's name. She was texting him saying, you know, uh, this is the the Democrats are about to run the biggest scam in history. You know, it's a shameful moment in our country. And, you know, and but in her text, she just said, I just talked to my friend. Now, people have drugged up that she refers to her husband, Clarence Thomas, as her friend. Mm. Now, the September, the, the January 6th committee is, they want to know because when George Bush took it to court to try to overthrow the election, to, 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 de-va- to decertify the, the election, guess who was the only person that voted no? Clarence, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> so gentlemen do Clarence Thomas need to be a teach or step down Christopher I don't think he can he, sh- he can step down but the request for him to recuse himself from any judgment on the uh, January 6th committee I think is valid it just in there is a twinge of conspiracy, discredit, you name it, to any judgment that he renders now that this has been made public. I mean, dude, this is your wife. Send <laughs> text to Trump or whoever on Trump's committee that you need to overturn the votes. <laughs> this the, the Democrats are, you know trying to pull his big, the biggest fast one in the history of fast ones. And then he basically makes his makes it known that he either agrees with her or he's influenced by her 
by you know his lack of any vote. I'm I'm I, no, I'm just gonna be the, I'm gonna be the negative. I'm gonna be the negative. I'm gonna say no. Come on, no. That that can't be a coincidence. Before I go to Marcus, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Uh huh. Who's Brent Kavanaugh's wife? What's her name? Oh, I don't know that. You don't know, right? No, I don't know. Okay. Uh, any spouse, Supreme Court spouse, do you know their names? Not a clue. Not, Not a clue. clue. And that's the way it's fucking supposed to be. <laughs> they supposed to be hid in the shadows. You're not supposed to hear from them. They are citizens. They are people. They can vote. They can say what's on their mind. They can tell their homegirls and their homeboys, I don't like this person. I don't like that person. But your ass is not supposed to try to change anything doing with politics. You're not supposed to inject your feelings into your husband. That's all I got to say. Marcus, what you got? Uh, I definitely feel like I'm on the fence because... I kind of feel like he should step down, but like Christopher said, I mean, it was just affecting the January 6th thing, so we could probably pull him up out of that. But I, it's bugging me. Why was his wife dumb enough to text something like that? Something that's traceable. Something that you can be connected to. That level of stupidity. We've had a situation like that years ago back home in Detroit with Kwame Kilpatrick him and his wife were doing some shit way out of line a stripper ended up dead and um they were texting about it and I'm just thinking one besides the stupidity of texting why would she even think she has the right to be involved in such matters and is he is he listening to her that That's the question? question. Yeah, because I'm thinking, is she swaying him? Because if so, he's just going to turn out to be Will Smith's granddad. <laughs> so, I mean, at what point are we going to we stopping? I mean, a, another guy that's supposed to be man enough like, hey, honey, this ain't this ain't your lane. This is my job. I got it. I got this far. I can handle it. You shouldn't be interfering. You shouldn't be conspiring. None of this should be taking place. And the fact that he hasn't said anything and that she continues to do so and it got far enough to get in the public eye is concerning. And that's why I was leaning towards him having to be removed completely because I think this is going to end up happening again. Or this is our first time knowing about it. Right. I mean, everybody in politics with their spouse, spouse, they do pillow talk. Of course, of course. You you lay down in the bed with your spouse. You know, you tell your spouse your problems. Like, I had issues with this person at work. Oh, I had, you know, this is what's going on at work. That's the deal. But it's supposed to stay in the bed with your spouse. Exactly. Get up, take a shower, go to work, leave that at home. That's it. Leave it at home. Chris, what you got to say? No, I mean, when it comes to something like this, I agree. Um, she is a citizen. She has a right to her opinion. But when it comes so close to a case that you that comes before you, you must, go, you must be a pillar of integrity. Pillar everything of integrity. We, he is not. Every, everything we just said about the soon-to-be justice, Kalaji Brown-Jackson, She's a pillar of integrity. Uh He has to be that. And that pillar looks cracked and shaken when your wife makes a statement publicly, speaks with political figures that goes against a federal ruling. Then it comes before you and you basically respond according and similar to what she said. Whether you believe it or not, you have to go by the evidence. And the evidence says, according to all your all of your fellow justices, the evidence says contrary to what you ruled, it just doesn't look like you have your integrity. That's all. Yeah. And now we're gonna skip from 
that asshole <laughs> to the asshole state of Florida with this asshole the bill and I hope Christopher can help us understand something that I don't fucking understand I, I live don't here say, I don't know what the hell this is about I mean this is wrong <laughs> the Floridians don't understand Floridian the rules. Floridian don't know what it is I don't know what the hell Ron DeSantis is doing I mean Ron DeSantis in some occasions don't know what the hell he's doing I mean I, I have to admit I haven't done any research on this. I just was like, "This is Ron DeSantis doing some other dumb shit." I don't know. I mean, he has done some things that has been good for Florida. That's all he cares about, not for the country as a whole. He's the governor. I don't know how this falls in that category. I mean, as I understand it. And I'm not saying I understand it clearly is that you should not be putting children in a situation nor forcing them to have to declare their sexual orientation because children are children and they shouldn't have these discussions. That's what has been explained to me. We needed a law for that. According to him. Oh, yeah. Okay. According to Ron DeSantis, yes. Yes. Um, He's doing what needs to be done for Florida because, you know, in another year or so, he's going to be positioning himself to try to say he knows what to do. He knows how to do what's best for America as well. So, Mm. they. So, from what I understand about this law, is uh hey we lost Christopher that's okay oh he'll come back okay so from what I understand about this law is that you I guess you can't say uh like you can't have a conversation if you're a teacher you can't have a conversation about your sexual preference if you can't basically you can't ah fuck it I don't get it I don't understand I'm gonna tell you what the stuff that they were describing and what you and Chris just brought up um I didn't think that shit was going on in schools anyway I think it's inappropriate (laughs) if you talking to a kid about their sexuality especially some grade schooler why the hell is that coming up in conversation is sexuality they gender identity you just teach the fucking kids right and if it's health if it's health class you teach them about stds and all that sexual stuff but that's in high school that's way down the road right what the hell why the fuck would that even come up i don't know why this is a thing i don't understand why this is a thing i don't know why it's a, a going to be passed as a law and I'm thinking maybe this is something to do. Maybe it's an election year. Maybe do want to be a senator. I don't know. I don't and then it got blown out of proportion. And I just, it's another Look. thing for people to be upset about to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's unimportant. I'm just saying, I, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you know. Look, if we couldn't get the guy from Florida to explain it, nobody can. Floridians don't understand Florida. Florida's in another dimension. It is. A uh, yeah. Before we uh, part, we, we, me, you, and I are going to talk about the gun violence in uh, in Virginia. Actually, that's a whole podcast. We're just going to cover it real quick. Let's uh, let's run it down. We're going to run it down about you know in Norfolk last weekend there was a some people in front of a inside a restaurant called Chicho's. Mm-hmm. And they were having fun. They were laughing. They were drinking. And some hothead gets into an argument with somebody and kill 
two innocent people. And I don't understand with the city in Norfolk and all those cameras and cameras in the restaurant, they cannot find these people that killed these innocent people, which boggles my mind. Oh, they haven't found them. They have not found these oh, people man. yet. Wow. So my my question to you is, man, look, do we have to kill each other as black men? Um, do we have to always have a gun? Do we always have to pull it out and use it? Do we always have to prove to ourselves? Is it a genetic thing? Is it? Is it? I. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm just oh, I'm trying to I find the words. Go our ahead. culture, and I love our culture. One, I don't own a gun because I just. I just don't want I've seen too much gun violence growing up in Detroit. But um I think our culture, our communities, they they over accentuated, I guess I'm trying to think. They they make too much of the gun ownership and the violence. And these guys are always prove themselves. We always go so hard with masculinity. We we oversell it. And these guys are trying to meet those standards, whether it's just in the media, social media, or just within our own communities. And no, we don't need that. But they take guns to certain places that don't make sense. They go to parties with guns. They go to restaurants, as you told me, with guns. They go to situations that you shouldn't even be armed because shit shouldn't be popping off there. Why are you anticipating this? If you have to go to a place, I feel like I have to go to a place armed, you shouldn't be there. You're right. You shouldn't be there. Because what are you doing there? I don't go anywhere where I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, hey, man, if I go up to this club or this bar or this spot, I got to be packing heat. Don't fucking go. You shouldn't. Why would you want to put that risk in? What are you proving? Why you? What's this tough guy act? I get so tired of it. And we see it across America. We see it all over the place. Now, I have guns in my house. I have three of them. Two was inherited from my father when he passed away. Uh-huh. I have a um, concealed weapons permit. Okay, cool. I used to DoorDash. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember a. Uh, I was talking to a uh, Newport News policeman in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and I was telling him about a scary situation I had doing DoorDash and you know his words were well why you have a concealed weapons permit and you don't have a loaded gun in your car he said I would take it everywhere mm-hmm. but that's when DoorDash people were getting robbed they still might I oh, don't yeah. do DoorDash anymore but I have it for protecting my home and protecting oh, no, that person. Cool. I don't take it out. I didn't take it to the concert. I don't take <laughs> it to the store. I, I remember I saw a black guy in 7-Eleven with a gun on his hip. And I, I yes, okay, Virginia is a state where you can do that. You can carry a gun. You can, but it looks open, like you get ready to rob 7-Eleven. You, uh, we are a open carry state. I remember I was in Cox Cable paying a cable bill, talking to the woman about upgrading my cable, and there was a guy who walked into Cox Cable, black guy with a gun on his hip, and they told him to move because there's a clear sign that says no weapons on this premises, and he said, well, I didn't see it, and and he, his theory was if he didn't see it, he should be able to stay in there and conduct his business. But they made him what? Yeah. Was that logic? Yeah. No. I just find it's gotten completely out of hand. And I'm not going to be one of them. I'm not anti guns. I don't need anybody hitting us up on the podcast. You can't take our guns because everybody all of a sudden knows the Second Amendment and no other one. But, um, I just don't think it's always this necessary to go everywhere in heat. No, it's not. And it's always like we're in an endless Clint Eastwood movie and it's exhausting. Because, you know, you um 
you're carrying the gun, then you wishing something happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, y'all making me nervous because, like you just said, y'all waiting to pop off. When you go looking for stuff, I don't want to be in that element. Right, right, right. But the problem is, the real, the problem is, we never know who those guys are, especially when it's concealed. You never know who the wannabe gangster is or the lunatic is at any place, at any time. And none of us should have to live in fear. None of us should have to live life like we back on quarantine again. So I'm going to live my life and whatnot. But I wish those people, and I know those people ain't listening to us, but I wish they would stop feeling like they just need to pack heat everywhere they go. And um, acting problem, the only way to resolve it is by pulling out a gun. Right. Because... I, you know, I feel sorry for the, the, the two people that uh, lives got ended in Chicho's. They just, you know, you just went to a, a restaurant to have fun with your family and friends. and To eat and be dead. married. To eat and be married, you end up dead? That I, nothing bothers me more than avoidable deaths. Because, the, I mean, you know, there's enough things we can risk dying from plane crashes, cancer, I mean, heart disease, all of this stuff. But someone killing you at a restaurant where you're supposed to eat and have a good time? That's unacceptable. There's no I remember last, for that ever. last year in Norfolk, I guess a, a child was on the playground. Uh-huh. And I guess the guy saw his enemy across the housing complex on the other side. So he pulled me that was in his eye view across the playground, he shot a kid. Why? Hey, enemy, what is he, John Wick? <laughs> what the hell he mean he's <laughs> People out here acting like they Batman. You, you, what are you doing out here with enemies and why? Why are you out park packing heat? That goes right back to what I just said. And you gonna think you that good of a, sh- you Mark Wahlberg gonna shoot or no? You're going to hit this dude from across the way and no one else is going to be in the middle of the bullets though, right? Right. Come on, man. That's the problem. Responsible gun owners, they're not thinking. I thought just was golden rule. You didn't kill kids. I, I thought we had rules in the first place. These people just acting recklessly as if we, the whole damn country's under martial law. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And I wish Christopher was here because I wanted to touch on the the spring break incident with oh, nothing but yeah. black people. Nothing but black people. I told you as much as I love our, our, our race, our culture, our community, it gets on my nerves at times because we do some unnecessary stuff. And I'm not saying other ethnicities don't, but you know the special stuff we do. And right. I don't get it. You know, spring break, you out there, women in bathing suits, dudes trying to look for women. That's, you know, when I was growing up, I thought when you go to an event like that, the object was to go find you. You're just going to get laid. Yeah. 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 But what's the point of bringing a gun? If that is the atmosphere, nobody's trying to kill one another. Dudes out there trying to get laid. Women out there trying to get, trying laid. To get laid. Everyone's trying to have a good time. They're Everybody's young, trying to have a good time listening to music. Trying to live. But who's the fool that brings the gun? That's who I have a problem with the most. I mean, does it impress women? Yeah, girl. Um, I ain't got no job, but I got this nine millimeter. Yeah, I'm sure that scares them. Because <laughs> now you sound like a serial killer. <laughs> Good God. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, speaking of guns, I mean, a uh, real quick touch-up on, uh, this was a few weeks ago, but it's been a minute since we talked. The dude that got caught that was killing homeless people in D.C. and New York? Yeah. What was up with that? As <laughs> <Is laughs> if homeless people don't have it hard enough, you're gunning them down? That was wild, man. What they got a picture of him, but they haven't called him yet. But, you know, he would kick him. 
but then they didn't wake up. He take the gun. Ow! What the hell? I don't know. Did a homeless person like spit on his sandwich or something? What happened? Homeless to him? person touched his ass. I don't know. I don't know, man. You got diddle. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how you get to the point. I don't know who wakes up on a random Tuesday like I'm about to start killing homeless people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Oh, good. No, I was gonna say, bruh. I was gonna end it, and I was gonna say, listen, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us. But my man Marcus has his own podcast, Real Talk, over there on Spotify, over here on Anchor. R-E-L-L Talk. Real Talk. Real Talk. And I want y'all to go listen to it because I have listened to every episode <laughs> and it's great. Thank him and Him and his homeboy, they go over deep cons. They don't go over deep topics. And I want to c- get him kudos for, for bringing the real every week. So... Cause you know we don't get together every week, but Mark, my boy Marcus and his homeboy, they get together every weekend. I want y'all to go check his podcast out and um, and, and and give him a fair chance and um, listen to theirs like y'all did ours. So that's what I want to say, my man. Thank you. Hey, look, black entrepreneurs supporting each other. <laughs> Remember Dave Chappelle on uh, <laughs> with Wayne Brady as Black Axis, man. We got to stick together. <laughs> Dave, I didn't know you get wet. <laughs> PCP. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Give me your sandwich, Dave. Give me your sandwich, Dave. <laughs> Bitches, run! <laughs> Run, man. <laughs> oh shit, it's Wayne Brady. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I wonder what Chris Rock had to say about. I mean, um, Dave Chappelle had to say about. Oh, you know, uh, you know, I was looking for his opinion. <laughs> he gonna do a whole stand up on that shit. I know he gonna at least give us a good fifteen minute skit of his breakdown. God, I want him to talk about that so bad. I want to know with him. Kevin Hart, and I know I'm pulling one out the woodwork, but he be more tuned in than people give him credit for. I want to know what Eddie Murphy thinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Eddie doesn't come out, but I heard him on a Kevin Hart's podcast, and Eddie mm-hmm. be keeping up with stuff. He just don't be out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for supporting it. And yo, keep listening because we, we come up with some good shit. Oh, yes. Yeah. We got more on the way. We got more on the way. So thank you, Mark. What you got to say before we go? Thank you. Please tune in to Rail Talk and uh, keep tuning in here. We'll keep the good stuff coming. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you um, on our next podcast. Have a good day. Bye.